The very diversity of Muslim traditions in Britain raises the question, who speaks for Islam? You know who represents the Catholic Church. You know who represents the Anglican Church. Islam, Sunni Islam at least, is not hierarchical in that sense at all. Every mosque is, so to say, a law unto itself. So I think a more profitable question is how does one enable the religious and maybe ethnic diversity of British Muslims to be heard? That's a more appropriate question. So if the government or the local state particularly wants to build up what they would call a representative body of Muslims, rather they should say, let us make sure we can identify the sectarian and ethnic diversity nationally or in a given region or given area and make sure we have round the table people who reflect that diversity. One organisation that has nationwide membership and that claims to represent British Muslims is the Muslim Council of Britain. Its Assistant Secretary-General is Tahir Alam. The Muslim Council of Britain was formed in 1997 as an organisation which would work for the interest of the Muslim community and for the common good of the society as a whole, to make a contribution, to be a point of contact, and to respond to, for example, government consultations and so on. But the essential movement, if you like, that began, which actually eventually resulted in the uh, Muslim Council of Britain being formed, actually began in the early 90s during the Salman Rushdie affair. The Salman Rushdie affair actually galvanized and upset many Muslims. So there was the 50,000 march in London, which was quite unprecedented, because the Muslims never gathered in those sort of numbers before that anywhere in Europe. And a study was launched into what the action should be for the Muslim community. And one of the recommendations from that report that eventually came out, which was led by the Muslim community and done by the Muslim community as well, was that there should be an umbrella organization. That was one of the actions. It took about two and a half, three years to reach some sort of consensus and to get 250 Muslim organizations from all over the world because the Muslim community in Britain is amongst the most cosmopolitan community you'll find anywhere in the world. Many of those communities, of course, have their own organizations, like the Muslim Forum, as an example, are actually members of the Muslim Council of Britain. So the vast majority of the constituency, if you like, membership is mosque and religious type organizations are the biggest members, and also welfare organizations, educational institutions. It's a democratic institution, so we have AGM every two years where elections take place. And the Secretary-General and the Deputy Secretary-General and the Treasurer are elected according to the Constitution. But an alternative voice is provided by the Sufi Muslim Council. Haras Rafiq is a founder member. There were a number of reasons why I decided to set up Sufi Muslim Council. I'll be the figurehead. About um, four years ago, when my youngest daughter, she was five years old at the time, she came home one day and said, Daddy, I don't want to be a Muslim. And I said, Why? And she said, because Muslims are always angry, Muslims are always killing people, and Muslims are always burning Guy Fawkes. And I thought, well, I understand the first two, show me the third one. <laughs> so she flicks over onto TV, and there were some guys on television who were Muslim, and they were very angry, they looked as if they wanted to kill somebody, and they were burning effigies of George Bush and Tony Blair. And I had a number of realisations at the time. One was that here is my daughter, she's five years of age, she doesn't really understand the religion. 
She doesn't understand theology. She doesn't understand ideology. She just understands and realises that she doesn't want to be angry. And I thought, well, if she comes from a traditional Muslim background, what must other Muslim children be thinking? And just as important for me, what must non-Muslims now be thinking about us as Muslims in the country? But then I got involved in the task force, the anti-tackling extremism task force that the government set up. And I heard a speech from Tony Blair where he actually accused a particular ideology of being the root cause of the problems that we have. And then turning up at this particular task force and finding out that probably about 70 or 80% of the people that he thought were the problem were there. (laughs) And then I sort of went up and down the country and wherever I went, I kept hearing similar stories to my daughter and other people. And A lot of the Sufi peers and sheikhs were telling me to say, well, come on, we need to have something. If you are that concerned, you have some get up and go about you. You you know, my background was in the corporate sector. Why don't you do this? So the Sufi Muslim Council was really born out of my daughter's story, that story being shared by other peers and other people up and down the country and really being pushed at the front for being a figurehead to try and create something that really gives the Sufis a voice because up until now, the microphone really has been hijacked by people who are, I guess, not reflective and representative of the Muslim community. And really, we also want to differentiate between the good guys and the bad guys because, God help us, one day if Middle England wakes up and says, we don't like Muslims, full stop. Sufism's always been a bridge between Muslims and non-Muslims. So we may have partners that are non-Muslim when delivering real grassroots projects and initiatives that help promote a more peaceful and tolerant and harmonious society that we live in.